0: raised over 200 million through our series D and the company's currently valued at just about 1.3 billion dollars and uh,
1: you're listening to, to caffeinated. caffeinated
0: with host Nathan Resnick
1: the show where we help companies level up their customer service to turn this expense into a profit center so you can increase revenue and drive customer happiness Hey, welcome back to caffeinated my name is nathan resnick your host today we're joined by mario from stored mario thanks so much for coming on
0: right on man love the podcast glad to be on it
1: so first question we always ask is what kind of coffee do you drink oh gosh hot take
0: don't drink coffee big fan wow. of caffeine for whatever reason just cannot stomach coffee so i'm like uh Could go for a caffeine pill, could go for uh, my my cheat codes, really the blue flavor of Mio energy drops. That stuff's fine.
1: Okay, All right, there we go. Mio energy drops. I'll have to check those out. So before we dive into customer service and support at Stored, I want to know more about your backstory, if you can give us, you know, a 30 second of kind of how you became the lead marketing at Stored.
0: Yeah, so been doing some form of, of kind of tech related marketing my entire career. Started out more on the product marketing side, so really kind of thinking about how do we bring innovative products to market, how do we tell that story, and then um, going up on six seven years ago, I showed up one day at a previous company, and uh, my boss was no longer there, and the CEO was like, "Hey Mario, you know, you want to take over running marketing?" So kind of birthed by 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 fire, by to kind of step up and lead marketing for for my first company that was was back at a uh, tech company called Discuss. And then from there I've just had the you know great fortune of certainly getting lucky along the way, but working with some some great people and uh, having the opportunity to lead marketing at some some really cool companies. Currently I uh, VP of marketing at, at Stored, we're a third-party logistics and technology company. We offer all of the physical logistics that e-commerce brands need to service their customers. Coupled with the technology, they need to oversee and manage that that whole experience. So, been doing uh, some form of kind of tech or logistics, marketing my my whole career, and I'm fortunate enough to be here.
1: Awesome, awesome! That's such a cool background. So, I want to give the audience a size of of you know, kind of the scope of stored. You know, how big is the business either in terms of people or capital raised or whatever metric you can give us that would give the audience a sense of how big stored is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're about 600 or so folks from a team size perspective. We've raised over 200 million through our Series D and the company's currently valued at just about $1.3 billion
1: and uh, started the business in
0: 2015 in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So with that many people, I'm curious, what does the support organization look like, you know, from... 600 and so people, I mean, is it all internal? Is some of it outsourced? What does support at store look like?
0: Uh, For us, we do go all internal, just our business. Number one, it's quite complex having to deal with both the physical logistics side of the house, as well as kind of operating as a full technology team, then you couple that with the fact that both our technology and our physical logistics are literally as mission critical as it could possibly be for our customers, you know, without stored or stores not doing the right stuff. That means our customers are not getting their products into the hands of their Mm -hmm. customers. And probably anyone who's listening to this podcast knows how unbelievably important that is so. So we do handle it all in-house. We kind of have uh, three teams that are all working together to oversee this kind of at, at the top. We have a account management organization. Um, my uh, my good buddy, Mike Blumberg, uh, who, who joined us fairly recently, he oversees that. That team really focuses on kind of the key executive relationships with our customers, kind of thinking longer term strategy, expansion, quarterly business reviews, executive alignment. Uh, In addition to that, we have a a customer success team that's really more operator to operator. So it's really our operations folks working Mm -hmm. directly with, the operations team, logistics team, supply chain team within our customers working more on day-to-day systems, individual orders, SKUs, hitting all the kind of nuts and bolts. And then last, but you know, certainly not, not least, we also have a kind of more traditional technical-based, uh, I'll call, customer support team that are working on more of a specific kind of case-by-case, ticket-by-ticket
1: basis. Got it. That's a great overview. So in terms of that support or what technology or tools are used? I mean, is it just Zendesk? Is it, you know, ServiceNow? Or what, what kind of tools does your team use?
0: We are, we certainly, um, from an external tooling perspective, we're a big Zendesk shop. So we're using that to manage all of our cases and, and tickets. We also have, uh, it's actually not entirely public. You need, it's, it's, it's gated, need to be a customer. We also have a uh, knowledge Center built uh, on top of on top of that, but I think one of the really fun and interesting things about how how our team interacts with with our customers is actually really some of, if not the kind of primary tools that our team are using are really our own software. So uh, we have a platform we call it Stored One Commerce. Stored one meaning it's really the one-stop shop operation center that uh, a brand's going to need to stay on top of all of their inventory and orders across all the different facilities they're operating out of and all the channels they're selling on. So the majority of the time, as we're working directly with customers to diagnose whether there's a issue with a specific order, a wrong item, a missing shipment, what have you. we're actually working directly out of our, our own technology to to source those problems and and address them and then outside of that we, we certainly are a pretty I call it you know enterprise class business. so you know we're working with hundreds of customers, not thousands and thousands. so each of our customers has a you know dedicated account manager, dedicated, uh, customer success manager, dedicated technical uh, support team. So, a lot of one to one communication. So, you know, just out of the old school stuff these days, you know, Gmail, Zoom, uh,
1: right. phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, thinking about phone, a big question we get asked a lot is when is phone a valid support channel, right? At what stage in a business and what type of business needs phone support? Does Stored have phone support? And is it, is that for all customers or only a select few?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a really good question. I wish I could tell you like, oh, you know, there's just one way that every business should 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 do this, and you know, it it, it really just depends on how you uh, how you operate. So we we do uh, have uh, have phone support. We have a general line uh, that folks can call into um, and kind of you will be decision tree down, whether you're trying to reach corporate folks, trying to reach our sales team, trying to reach our support team, and that's kind of handled by a larger general team. But each of our individual customers are on like a, you know, very close, friendly basis with their specific account team. So Mm. it is actually quite common that uh, our account manager and customer success manager will literally, you know, exchange personal phone numbers, they'll be texting back and forth. And you know, in, in, in our business, you know, knock on wood, uh, we're very fortunate that things go right the vast majority of the time. But you know, when something goes wrong, it, it really is make or break for our customers. So it is important for us to, to for our customers to have that immediate access to our team when they need it.
1: Makes sense. A really hot topic right now is AI and support. And so I'm curious, how do you see AI working with support? You know, do you think that people like interacting with bots? Do you think AI should be seen more so as a you know, superpower for support teams. You know, how do you view AI and in the context of customer support?
0: Yeah, actually, I think about this a lot, and people also ask me this question pretty regularly. Of you know, how do I see AI uh, interacting with marketing? Like, you know, are we going to get to this point where mm-hmm. content marketers are just just replaced with with computers? And got a pretty similar answer for for both marketing and 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 support. I. I think that you, know, you you hear a lot of headlines and see a lot of people talking in these very kind of extreme terms, like, you know, AI is going to replace marketing, AI is going to replace customer service. And I tend to not agree with that. I, I don't think that the human element of, of business is going to be replaced by artificial intelligence anytime soon. So I think that you kind of have two buckets or three buckets of companies you have companies that are completely ignoring AI, and I think the result for them is that they're going to end up falling behind their competition. Mm. You have companies that are saying, all right, how can I just completely outsource humanity and use AI everywhere possible? And my belief, generally speaking, is that those customer, those companies are going to lose some of the critical relationships and critical interactions with their customers. Then there's kind of bucket three, which I think is more the the pragmatist. The companies are only going to win and they're going to, like you said, say, how do I use AI to accelerate some of the great things I'm already doing as a business? You know, I've played around with these tools a lot. And they're very cool, very fun. But you know i've yet to see any ai that can replace the strategic thinking of a human replace the creativity of a human and so you've got to figure out you know when it comes to your story the relationships you build with your customers how you interact with your customers that needs to be a human first experience and then companies and brands can figure out okay how do i take this deeply human experience and use ai to scale it but not to replace it right
1: Right. Yeah, I I think that's the right way to look at it. Because if you look at people that are saying AI is going to replace, you know, marketing or customer support, you know, for the most part, when people interact with bots, they get frustrated. And I just don't see AI making that big of a hurdle to completely replace a, you know, human support rep, whether that be, you know, internal on your team or outsourced overseas. I mean, I still think uh, any rep is better than a bot, right? And I think that's kind of the main thesis that a lot of companies have and i'm curious you know it sounds like stored really does a great job of building relationships across support and their customers and so i wonder do you have any superhero type of support stories where you might have had a customer that you know was was missing a shipment or whatever it may be but you know superhero support is uh i think such a you know just fun and key story to to pinpoint
0: yeah, abs- absolutely. Um you know, it's one of those things where you could go to 20 different companies websites and they all will probably say somewhere like oh our core values we love our customers and then yeah. <laughs> meet their customers and you you would you would never notice that. And I think for us um you know, we don't want to just, you know, put words on on a website. We want to prove that to to our customers. So to me, you know, before coming to stored if you know my first few weeks at sort, I would look at things we were doing, and I thought like everything was was superhuman in, or superhero in comparison to what I've seen at at other places. But some you know really specific uh, examples that I've seen uh, across our team, and these are things that actually happen you know on a pretty regular basis. You know we've we've had customers that need to onboard on a specific timeline. We were a specific example was we were just opening a a new facility in a specific region where we also had a office mm-hmm. and um, we just you know based on real estate regulations construction a bunch of variables it was going to be you know several weeks before we could have this warehouse facility open but this customer was in a really really bad situation with their previous warehousing provider and needed to get moving even faster and so mm-hmm. what we actually ended up doing was figuring out a way that we could actually cordon off like literally sixty percent of our actual office space, move that customer's inventory into our yeah. physical, like, you know, corporate office space and actually have our corporate uh, corporate office folks, you know, marketing people, sales people, finance people. Uh, HR folks literally fulfilling these orders in the interim during this like you know short period as a kind of hangover until we actually had this new facility where we were planning on putting their inventory in. We've you know had other examples where you know we need to literally um, get orders out at a specific period of time and you know the last pickup for the day has already passed from UPS or FedEx or USPS. We've had you know stored employees literally like pool together get as many packs as they can put them in their own cars and bring them to the ingestion points for all of these these carriers and you know for me wow. I don't think that we deserve some pat on the back for this I think when mm-hmm. a customer trusts you to be an extension of their business what store does in the simplest terms is we connect businesses to their customers and when you take on the responsibility to do something like that you know i don't think you deserve bonus points for going above and beyond because you're either doing it well or 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 you're not and it's such a critical point of our customers businesses uh i'm glad to see that we do everything we can to make it work
1: i love that and and you can you know hear the passion in your voice when you talk about really supporting your customers so i think that's just so important and obviously it must you know be just uh it's vital for for any business that warehouse is right to be able to get their goods to their customers so it's so so cool to see so as we wrap up here one of my favorite questions that we asked is what is one question that we didn't ask that you want to answer so it's kind of a time where you can think about a question that you want to okay. uh, answer yourself
0: and i'm glad so and i i know the question and the answer and i'm glad that this actually comes from something well in the past so i don't feel as embarrassed uh Sharing it uh, now, but uh, I was kind of thinking you were going to ask me like, when did something go like terribly wrong on the <laughs> uh, on the customer uh, support side? So um, several years ago, in kind of my first real leadership role, I was working for a company whose software was literally the internet plugin that powers the comment sections under. A bunch of popular websites, literally millions of websites wow. you go there's a comment section more likely than not this this company discuss was was and still is powering that experience and so discuss as a company was you know when I worked there it was probably like thirty to forty people at the entire company, but we had literally uh hundreds of millions of end users of you know everyone that's ever left a comment and signed up for a discuss. Account and so you know no matter what that's always going to be just like a absurdly difficult customer support challenge and all of our a lot of people we worked with kind of assumed that because they see us ever on the internet that we were some massive company like people literally thought <laughs> that we were like Facebook, Google we're like no there's like thirty of us here like be patient with us but um, specifically one of the things that we regularly challenge were challenged with was various fraud and spam so it's a big thing that various scammers would go. And essentially steal, not through hacking disgust, but through people reusing their passwords or other breaches essentially get into various users' accounts that had built up reputation within certain communities and then use it to post a bunch of a bunch of spam, a bunch of just you know gnarly crap that no one wants on, on their website. And so we would regularly kind of go through and we had automated programs to detect this. And when we detected that accounts had started to you know, become spammers, what we would do is we would reach out to that account, let them know that they've, their account's probably been compromised and trigger a, uh, a password reset, suggest that they do a two-factor authentication. So this one day we had this brand new engineer, like fresh out of school, super smart guy, super eager, and he was charged with kind of executing this script that would go and send out a bunch of these emails, trigger the uh, account uh, password reset. And there was a group of, it wasn't small, it was many thousands of accounts we were doing this for. And um, I remember he asked me, like, Mario, are we good to send it out? I'm like, yeah, go for it, man. So we do it. And then like two minutes later, he he comes up to my desk. He's like, there's a problem. And I'm like, well, what what do you, what do you mean there's a problem? And so apparently what had happened, uh, instead of having uh triggered just one account reset and one email, we were basically this program was running in a loop. So like every two seconds we were sending uh-huh. the same account another email. So in the course of just two or three minutes before we realized this, we literally sent like your account's been compromised, reset your password, like <laughs> literally like five to six hundred times her wow. account. And I was like, Oh, my God, like, number one, we're telling these people that their accounts have been compromised. And number two, we look like total, total idiots that like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it seems like we're the ones who are fault for this. So, uh, oh, you know, crazy. gosh, this, 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 this kid was mortified. And I was like, you know, look, man, like years, years later, we're going to be joking about this, like, no big deal, We're just going to write up an email, I'll personally send it to these people explain what happened and, you know, not be a big deal. And you know, now it is the years later, we get to joke about it.
1: Wow. Wow. What a, what a great story. That's uh that, that is, that, that is, I don't even know how I would feel if I was at engineer, but I think you, you handled it very well. And I'm sure that the customers are like, okay, it's all good. You know, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, Mario, I really appreciate you coming on caffeinated. If people want to find out more about stored or, or get in touch with you, where can they find you and where can they find stored?
0: yeah, great question. So uh, I'm just you know Mario Paganini. LinkedIn's probably actually at this point in my life the only social media channel I'm on, but i'm I'm, I'm quite active there, so I uh, would love to interact with folks there. Uh, find me over email. I'm just Mario at at stored dot com and um, check us out stored across all channels and stored.com, S-T-O-R-D.com. s t o r d dot com. Um we've definitely put a lot of effort into having a pretty cool site, so we'd love to hear what you think about it. Awesome. Thank you, Mario.